welcome again to the Persuasion Lab podcast. I'm your host, Moed Amin, and the goal for this podcast is really to help elevate the noble profession of sales and persuasion as a whole. Um, you know, growth and becoming the best you can be is not just about the skills and the knowledge you acquire, but it's actually about the person that you become. So not only will we cover the the typical kind of sales approaches and tactics and strategies that any profession could benefit from, not just salespeople. We'll also talk about how you can become more. So we've had experts on the show who have come in to share their knowledge with, with everyone around you know, personal branding, around human behavior, body language. We even had someone in relation to uh, functional medicine come on around how your health is directly going to influence your success. So I'm really delighted that we've been able to have all these experts on the show. Now, one of the things that actually is an important area in B2B is this, the, the, the approach in, uh, in how B2Bs take their brand and their services and products to market. Um, in B2B, I think it's fair to say that the marketing is you know, sometimes not as mature uh, in their approach as, say, in B2C. Uh, you know, B2B marketing departments are still seen as another arm of lead generation for sales when actually it's far more than that and in fact b2b marketing being used in the right way can actually help accelerate sales in an incredible way um, and that's why i'm excited to have uh, our guest today on the show he is the ceo and co-founder of, of, of foxy nerds now he basically helps b2b businesses brands and the b2b professionals you know really kind of uh, become uh, thought leaders and and raise their brand through new media. And what I mean by new media are things like podcasts. Um, he's a serial entrepreneur and he started his first business when he was in college. So I'm delighted to have him on the show to discuss, you know, how B2B professionals and brands can better uh, stand out from, you know, this incredibly crowded world. So please help me welcome Mr. Frederick Bruno. Frederick, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. I'm very happy to be here, Moed, and to uh, to share this moment with you. Really excited for what we have to share with uh, our viewers and listeners because this is a really important topic. In fact, um, you know, most B two B companies are taking very conventional approaches that everyone else is doing, and actually, there's uh, you know, they're missing a lot of valuable approaches when it comes to their brand, but also to help elevate their sales as well through through new channels and new mediums. So, why don't we start with the with the you know pretty important question which is you know what is b2b influencing and why is it so important oh, so it's a for the first one is a tough one uh, so b2b b2b influencing in fact is about building brand value and strong relationship with your audience customers and employee really based on authenticity and trust why it's important let me just give you two figures to illustrate that today b2b buyers spend only 16 percent of the time with solution sellers in other words when you have the opportunity to speak of one of your customers you have you 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 have few chance to convince them and the other one is about trust only 40 percent of b2b buyers find sales profession untrustworthy so it's gorgeous let me repeat that 30 percent of b2b buyers find the sale profession 
untrustworthy. So you need to find a way to build trust with your potential customers when before you are in front of them. Mm. And that's exactly why B2B influence is also important. And especially, especially with, with Funnel, you know, nowadays all sales process are based on Funnel, you know. Even if you are doing inbound or outbound, all people enter into a funnel. And sometimes funnel could be very frustrating. I just remember uh, a SaaS solution uh, I want you to use for, for Foxy Nerds. And I, I have a look on their website, I have a look on their blog and so on. So, yeah, it could be interesting, but I don't have access to, to a demo. I don't, I, don't, I don't have access to all explanation. I want to, uh, to, 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 to uh, learn by myself, but I'm not able to do that. And so I ask for a demo and I've got a first meeting with an SDR. And at the end of the meeting of the SDR, I just say, what I've got this meeting at the end? It's just a qualification meeting to allow me to speak to everybody, everybody else. And as a buyer, I'm very frustrating with that. Mm. And if you are using influence process, you share a lot with people. You share about the way you are solving problem for them before entering into a more intimate relationship with your potential customers, you know? So it's completely changed the way you create your acquisition funnel. And you create great content. People have a strong relationship with you. They are in trust with you and they are not bored about qualification meeting. And at the end, they want to buy your product. So you can gain a lot of time. You can have a higher conversion rate and, um, and have a, um, a good um, um, brand uh, return. So that's really interesting what you shared because you're talking about it's not just about brand and brand influencing. It's actually utilizing the right new medium channel, new media, sorry, channels in order to accelerate actually your sales process, right? You're and and you're Absolutely. accelerating the sales process not from the sales selfish perspective, but actually in terms of accelerating and enhancing the buyer's experience throughout that process, right? As you said, with that SaaS company, you were quite frustrated by the approach that they took uh, you you scheduled a call because you were hoping to get more information but actually it ended up being a qualifying exercise that was very self-centered from the, the the SaaS company's point of view and very little about of it was about your journey about what's important for you so absolutely absolutely and, and I, yeah and I have to admit when I first heard about B2B influencing I thought well you know you know, content marketing, you know, writing articles, blogs, uh, you know, doing a webinar, et cetera. But actually, I remember when we first spoke, you actually said that's actually not the case. It's actually quite different. So my question is, how is B2B influencing through new media more effective than, say, some of those channels? Or actually, am I getting it wrong? Is actually B2B influencing includes that and more things? Once again, let me start with one figure. The customer acquisition cost 
has never been so high for B2B companies. In the last five years, it increased by 55%, 55% more, because advertising, pricing of advertising has never been so high. Um, now the cost of creating content has never been so high. So uh, the conversion of your uh, of your emailing or your webinar are very very low. So you have to find new cost effective way to enter into contact and create relationship with your customers. And this is at that point that B two B influence starts. And what B two B influence is not is traditional social selling you've got on LinkedIn. Let me just give you an example. We are all bored about LinkedIn, the most LinkedIn message we, uh, we've got for one reason. People don't care about me. People just want to sell me a solution. Mm. And you spend a lot of money on this, uh, on this acquisition channel for no reason. And because the, the answer rate is very, very low. Also, if you're thinking that influence is just like social selling, it's not the case you want. B2B influencing is not only working with influencers, people like in, uh, in B2C, on in, you can see on Instagram and so on and make affiliation, no. B2B um, sales process is more complex. So you have to find new interaction point. And to do that, not only you can you have to work with influencers, but you have to turn your employee into influencers too. And it's the meeting with influencers on one side, professional influencers on one side, and your employee turning into influencer mode that create B2B influence at the end. And doing that, you will um, you will ask your SDR, for instance, to work another way, not to speak about you, your company, or uh, your new features, and sending LinkedIn message just to say, "I can do something for you," but to enter into contact with people and say, "This is the kind of problem we are tackling," and. I want to speak with you about your problem, about what is important for you. Do you have times to do that? And if I could help, it could be great. This is the purpose of B2B influence. And doing that, doing that, you creating a new acquisition channel. And in terms of cost, if you are looking about podcasting or or creating webinar and so on, it's completely different from advertising and uh, and uh, email marketing. You cannot compare directly to that. And the most important thing is to, to have a look on your customer acquisition cost, your conversion rate, and the velocity you put into your um, acquisition channel. And the velocity linked to a B2B influence is really high because you speak about people problem. You speak about how you help them. So at the end, when they are coming to your website, they know why. So I speak uh, just before about the funnel, you know. So you have not to qualify them 
in the same way. You know, you have you have to uh, let them try your product. You you have to um, um, uh, help them to to use the solution because they already want your solution. So it changed the way to uh, it's changed the way to sell. It's not exactly product led growth, but uh, it's it's really um, well fitted with product led growth strategy also. There's a lot in there that I want to dig into, Frederick. Um, <laughs> but just before we go into that, I think it's helpful for our viewers and listeners if we just clarify what we mean by new media, because you made the distinction between advertising and new media. So can you just give some examples of what you mean by new yeah. media? When I speak about media, I speak about people. I speak about nano or micro media strongly connected with their audience. Hmm. And in my definition, one people can be a media. One brand can be a media. And there is support uh, for them to help to, to express themselves. And podcasting is very good. Twitch is also very good. Clubhouse is also very good because you can be live. You can create direct interaction with your community and it's very important. So uh, you can find new way to express yourself thanks to that. Just to clarify, are webinars yep. considered new media or is it something else? Webinar, in my opinion, webinar could be considered as a new media if you use them to speak uh, to uh, to speak um, with the same editorial ways that you will do in your blog, that you will do in your podcast, that you will do uh, in your uh, Twitch channel. You know, mm -hmm. if you are just using webinar to uh, show a record of your product, it's not a media because you are not delivering information. You are you oh, are only okay. about yourself. You are not delivering any information. You are not delivering any content. And what is also really important thing with this kind of media, you are able to create evergreen content. Hmm. And evergreen content are really important for brand and for and for company because because you cannot you you, you are not using them one time. But there, um, you you are able to use it several times, and they have several lives, you know, in your content strategy. So at the end, created ever evergreen content also reduce your uh, content creation cost. Actually, you know, what I initially mistook as the channel of marketing, you're saying it's more than that. It's not just using new channels or digital channels. Um, it's more than that. It's about using them in the right places according to the buyer's journey and where they are. So Absolutely. different mediums would be would be better suited based upon where someone is in that buying journey. And you also said that in B two B influencing is not is more than just about the channel, even placing the the channel in the right place. It's about the message that you are conveying out there. You know, if it's product led or or selfishly led from the perspective of the company, you know, that is not going to have anywhere near the level of resonance uh, and impact that you would have compared with if you're talking about the, the buyer's problem, right? If you're talking about 
you know, a, a challenge or, or an outcome that they're trying to achieve. And let's talk about that and what are the best ways to do that. And by doing so in a, in a productive and powerful way, that will lead the buyer to want to explore what you have to offer because you're helping them deal with the problem rather than just peddling your, your services. So, so what, what I mistook from new media from what you describe as just the channel and even where you place that channel at what point in the buyer's journey, you're talking about the whole ecosystem of B2B influencing. And what I thought you said was very interesting was actually, because when we talk about webinars and articles and blogs, a lot of those channels or, or, or content strategies, they are conducted from the perspective of the brand or the company as a whole. But actually what you just said earlier on was, how do you create micro influences amongst your actual employees? So it's not just from a brand perspective, but your employees themselves become influencers. And that in turn also elevates your brand. Can you talk a bit more about that? Because I thought that was very, very yeah. interesting. Just before I want to, to add something about blog, you know, mm. and, and about content on blog. Today, if you have a look on, um, on SaaS company, um, a lot of them have blog. And if you if you re, if if you just have a look on their content in details, you will see that it's just the same that the uh, that their competitors. It's the same that other SaaS company in their um, in their ecosystem. So at the end, you want to create content to help people better know you, but you are using the same kind of content that all your competitors doing that, how you can create a relationship with your potential customers. It's impossible. It's impossible because you are all the same working on B2B influence. And especially if you, if you uh, turn your employee into influencers, you will create new kind of content. And I, as I mentioned, evergreen content that could be very specific to you because you are not just a brand among others, but you will be people that strongly believe in the brand they are working in and are able to explain why this brand is so important working closely with your employee and let them talk about what is important for them is really helping creating your brand more globally and your differentiation with your competitors will never be so high because your customer is able to 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 uh, to see people and to, to see how people uh, speak about their brand and to understand your product and so on. Just have a short example. And it's not specifically B2B example, I confess. But I think this example could speak to a lot of people. Have you uh, looked at the launch of uh, the new iPhone? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And Apple create a video to uh, to explain all the new iPhone. And in terms of communication, it's really interesting because a few years ago, they have uh, Steve Jobs 
that is on the show and explain every details of the product. And now, Steve Jobs uh, well, is not here anymore, but unlike to do the same thing with another, another guy, they prefer mix a lot of people and every people explain why it's working on a point, why it's important, how it creates value, you know? And thanks to that, you know, some people of, uh, on Apple, you can identify to some of these people and you are more likely to trust what, people, what Apple say compared to other just technological brands. Mm -hmm. That's why they are one of the most powerful brands also into the world. Mm -hmm. In B2B side, you can do the same if you let your employee talk. To do that, it's very important to, uh, to give them freedom, you know? The main means one of the main mistakes uh, I see about um, about that is ask your employees speak about your corporate and just focus on your on your corporate, you know. And just to, to give you a, a short story, I like this um, uh, this sentence from uh, Karen Maroney, the former head of technology communication at Facebook. She said. People just fundamentally aren't working around caring about this new startup. Actually, nobody does. In, in other words, nobody cares about your, about your company, about your product. People care about themselves, about the way you can help them. So if you are an expert and you're passionate about, I don't know, about blockchain, speak about blockchain, speak about cybersecurity, speak about corporate finance and explain uh, how you you are using this solution for your company and so on. It's a way to create interaction. It's a way to create trust with your potential customers. Don't be enclosed into your corporate communication. Open your communication and let people talk. People have not to be afraid to say something. They they need to be to 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 open the mind and to. Uh, and to, and to speak freely about their passion, about why it's important for that for them, and you can create great content thanks to that, and you can create strong relationship with your community, and you can create trust with your community. No matter the channel you are using, the most important thing is to to have this authenticity. What you're describing are the the very things that I talk about very regularly on the show and and even on other shows that I'm invited on which is you know with this this there's the theory of psychological egoism where you know we we really make decisions based upon ultimately what interests us right and and what interests us are really two main things which is moving towards something desirable and moving away from something that can cause us pain if someone can help us do that faster and better then we will become interested but we don't, we're not really interested in about you or your needs and desires, et cetera, until we can see that in some way that will help our interests, needs, and desires. So what you're talking about is actually a very different style of marketing or, or brand strategy for B2B companies as a whole. And, and precious few B2B companies actually do this well. But one of the things that you said that I know leaders in companies will be scared about is you know allowing their employees 
to be evangelists. It's different if the leadership team are the evangelists because most people will consider that as a bit safer because they are probably more, I don't know, more involved in certain aspects or bigger aspects of the business. They will probably have more information at their disposal. They may have even gone through some form of training as to, you know, what are the things that you should say and, and what not to say, and also how to say them when talking about our business publicly. But I think the thought of having more people in the business be these evangelists, as you're kind of describing it, I think that would scare a lot of companies. So my question to you, Frederick, is how, how would you advise, you know, these companies go about making their employees evangelists in a way that they will feel self safe? Because at the end of the day, they don't want them to say something that will harm their brand, right? And so understandably, they're going to have to they're going to want to manage that. So how, how do you recommend that they start doing that in a safe way, but also delivers a powerful I, brand to their customers? My first answer is, what is the first reason why uh, people are leaving their job? Do you have any idea about that? You know, I, I would have thought it's because they're not feeling fulfilled in their role. Uh, they're probably a lot of them aren't growing. Some of them have become disenfranchised with the business itself and the culture and, you know, what's expected of them or even different disenfranchised with their mission. Um, so I, I don't know what the one thing is. I do know it's a mixture of things. But uh, what, what are you seeing? The, the main reason is because they don't feel recognized for their value. Mm. And the risk people are leaving your company because they are not recognized for their value. It's a huge management problem now in two companies. And even if you are a B2C or a B2B company, by the way. And the cost for a company is gorgeous. It's mm. more than $1 trillion. What do you mean? And $1 trillion? Really? In total? Because, yeah, last year show, show, shows up because you have to, uh, uh, people are leaving, you have to uh, to find a new employee, you've got the, um, the lack of productivity when the new people are coming and are just learning about your company and how to work it. There, there is also, there is always um, a, a lack on, on that part. Uh, and also, if, you, if we speak about salespeople, you need always the time to adapt to your new role and so on. So, there is the loss for company could be very, very important. The best way, in my opinion, to help people to feel recognized for their value, it's to work on your employee and employer branding, you know, mm. and to be very clear about the mission of your company, to be very clear about the value of your company, and to be very clear about let people talk, you know. Uh, this is because you can have mission, you can have value, and if nobody knows about about that, it's quite complicated. So using B two B influence and lets people express for themselves, it's not only interesting in terms of sales development, but also is management tools to um to keep people motivated to be in your company so it's really important to use that and people could be evangelists not only for sales but also for hire new people just let me give give you an example we are a tech companies 
And when we want to, uh, to hire new tech guys, it's very complicated because there is a lot of competition. And you can have all the perks you want. At the end, you have the same perks as your competitors. So how can you difference you? And how can you find a way to, uh, to be uh, more attractive to people? You can have the leadership that I explained that you are a wonderful company to work with. Do you trust him? Not sure. But you could also have your fellow, fellow developers working into the company that explain how the company is managed, how people are working into the company. And if they are doing that and you are a developer, you feel more comfortable working with this company. You, you feel very comfortable to join the company. So you can use people to evangelize what you are doing, not only to as an acquisition channel, but also as a management tools. It's very, very important to do that. So yeah, definitely the cost is very high if you are not, if you are not doing that. You, you, there is a risk, but there is another risk at the other end. And the, and, and the other risk is more important. Uh, so to be very comfortable, you have to work on your employer branding first, to be very clear about your mission, to be very clear about your value, to be very clear about the value you are creating for your customers, but also inside, you know, into the company. And be sure it's not bullshit marketing, but it's um, there are real values that people can see every day. And if they are doing that, they are really, really comfortable to speak about your company. They are really comfortable to explain why you are great, why you are different, why you are making great things. So you can give them freedom. But works, works on your brand, not only from the outside, but also from the inside of your company. It's really important. Mm. So that's really interesting. I, I, I see the value, right? I, I understand that value. And, and, you know, there's nothing more powerful than having more people say great things about your brand in the right way. And rather than just asking your clients to do so, rather than just using advertising, why not utilize the very people in your workforce who theoretically and hopefully are passionate about what you're doing? And they're not just talking about this from the client's perspective, as you say, but it's the whole employee value proposition. Because at the end of the day, the, you know, I don't want to use the term the war on talent because it's, it sounds stronger than what it is. But, but, but right now, you know, there is a battle for talent, for good quality talent. Yeah. And you know, what you say makes sense because over, over and above you know, salary and incentives and bonuses, you know, what else are you offering the people in your business for them to feel proud? about working in your company for them to actually be loyal to what you're saying in the business and i think you're right most people want to be recognized for what they for the value that they bring and they also want to contribute to that value as well in a meaningful way and i suppose new media is that way to do so so what so it sounds like what you're saying as well is you know get clear on your your mission and vision and values for the business start with that because if they embody that in the right way then you know you've you've given them a framework or a structure in which to say things that actually is some it, it, say the right things about the business something that that everyone's talking mm -hmm. about um but it also sounds like you know you're saying you know marketing teams or at least the founders if they don't have a big marketing team they need to arm their employees with you know what are the things that we're proud about in our business 
um, you know, what are, how would you describe certain aspects of what we do in terms of helping companies? So it sounds really interesting. And by the way, like I said, I fully agree with you, actually. It's, you know, I've, I've been talking about this for a number of years now where B2B business, especially are, they've become less human, right? Um, you know, they are, they're talking to buyers as if they're robots or as if they're the faceless brand, but actually you're talking to human beings at the end of the day. And you've got to understand the emotions that are behind that human being. And in fact, those emotions fundamentally determine the decisions, the perceptions, the, the actions and the thoughts that they take. Um, yeah. So if you're, if you're talking about your product and service, which is incredibly bland, then you're not going to get their attention. But if you're talking about the things that they care about that lead to your product and services, then that's something else. So I, I, I love what you're describing here. One thing about podcasting, podcasting is a really yeah. big thing. I mean, we're on a podcast show, show right now, right? What are some of the, because I, I know that in your service, one of the main, main things that you help, well, not main things, but one of the things that you help your clients do is, to evangelize their business and the value of what they deliver through podcasts, right? That's one of the new media channels that you that you support them on. W what are some of the darker sides of podcasting? Because I've heard you talk about this in other in other shows and some of your content as well. The dark side of of podcasting is bullshit people. You know, it's just people who create a podcast uh, just to speak about uh, themselves. They are not experts, but they want to speak about themselves. They are nothing to share. And they are just using podcasts to, uh, to sell something. So most of the time, their podcasts are always, uh, always got the same kind of content. And, uh, and they, uh, they have no guests. And uh, they, they, their podcast could be very, very short because they have not a lot of things to, uh, to explain, you know, at the end. Mm. So this is, this is the first thing. And... If we are speaking about guests, is people who want to uh, to sponsor podcasts just to pitch their company. And uh, I yesterday I speak uh, I speak about that with uh, uh, with the podcasters, and he said, you know, Fred, now I ask people to sponsor my podcast just for one reason, not because of the cost or something like that, just because because I want to avoid people who just want to pitch their their company during uh 10 or uh, 30 uh, 30 minutes long you know so um i i want to to have some barrier at the uh, as an entry point you know and so it's very very important and um once again people who are just self-centric are uh, are the really dark side of uh, of podcast that's interesting so it's not i, I was expecting yeah. Okay. Actually, I wasn't expecting anything. That that was an interesting <laughs> answer. So so it's an extension of what you're already talking about, which is you know really they're just self-centered. You know the these ten or fifteen minute podcasts. You're not saying that they're all bad. You're just saying be wary of them because it could be just them talking about themselves, but adding really no value to the listener and buyer other than just Absolutely. pitching pitching their business and service. That's no. interesting. So, so podcast how would is a great sorry, tools to, to, it, it could be a great tool to help people and uh, I, I remember um, when I a few years ago when I started uh, working on on podcast area and something like that I, I read podcasts for instance from Reed of Man, you know founders of LinkedIn and during this podcast people are able to um, ask ask him some question about their business and 
not about not fundamental question about business, but a very precise question about um, about their company and the problems they've got. And Rid of Man uh, select some question and takes the time to answer during the podcast. Mm. You know, and so it really helped people to do that. Yeah, you can imagine that it has a lot of of story to to share about LinkedIn about his uh, his entrepreneur journey, but no. You focus on how we can help people. That's really mm. important. I am in complete agreement. In fact, that there are a few others that do that. I myself do that, not through podcasts, but through other mediums. But, you know, Tom Belio, for example, on his Impact Theory podcast, yep. you know, he has millions of followers. I mean, he does exactly that. He has certain episodes that are dedicated to answering questions from viewers and listeners about specific topics. And he shares, and I actually find those very valuable in fact more so sometimes than the guests that he gets on the show although he has some incredibly interesting guests so that, that that's really interesting that you describe that so the other question that came to mind about podcasts is there are I mean there are I can't remember I think you've done some analysis of this actually what one of your one of the aspects of what you provide is you've yeah. analyzed millions upon millions of podcast episodes and shows to kind of look at you know, what what makes the structure of a podcast successful, right, in terms of talk times and things like that. But the question I have is, there are so many podcast shows out there, um, no matter what industry you're in, right, you know, there are there are just so many for you to choose from. So how how should, you know, these brands, these employees of these brands, or even the marketing departments of these companies, how should they go about finding the right show for them in, in and and for them to actually go on to and share their story what what's your advice there but first of all i want just to say uh, depending on your industry sometimes you have a very poor liquidity on podcast uh, what do you mean by that you you've got a very small amount of podcast for your um, for your right. uh, industry uh, area you know it it could also happen so podcast is made sometimes it's not for everybody you know mm. uh, but it could be a great opportunity for you as a brand to create your own and to uh, and to use the, to use this space to uh, to be in touch with people so it's also an opportunity uh, in this in this case. But if you want to, um, you say, okay, I'm a, I'm a fintech, I'm a I'm a legal tech, I'm a blockchain company, and I want to uh, to be into podcast. For sure, there is uh, there is a lot of of uh, of opportunity to be to be in. Most important thing to find the right one, it's not to think about your industry. For instance, mm. if I'm a, I'm a MarTech company, you know, my question is, do I need to be into marketing podcast or uh, I need to be into other kind of podcast? You know, most important thing is what kind of message I want to deliver, I have to deliver, you know, and for whom? So you have to select the podcast depending on the audience you want to be in touch with. So for instance, if I want to speak about Foxynodes, how we can change uh, acquisition channel for SaaS company and developing new kind of acquisition channel, 
I could be into uh, an advertising podcast. Not sure. But I could be also in a podcast dedicated to SaaS people and helping them to develop their SaaS company could be a great fit, you know. So the question is always to whom you want to speak and about what. And using this two first question, you can have a beginning of answer about in which kind of podcast you could be in. But you speak about numbers and I, you, 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 you understand that my main topic is not to speak about Foxy Nerds, but just a little short, um, a little short minute about, uh, about Foxy Nerds. To give you an answer, we analyze more than 50 million podcast episodes over the world just to help you to, to find the right fitting well for you. So using a tool just like us to have a good matchmaking, uh, you can gain a lot of time at the end. I, I honestly thought when I asked that question that you were going to share some tactics on, you know, where what kind of tools or, or, or Google searches and things like that to find the right podcasts. But actually, you're saying start with start with who you're actually delivering your services for. And rather than go for, you know, if you're a MarTech company, go into advertising um, podcasts or marketing podcasts. Firstly, do, are podcasts these are even right for you? That's the question. And then secondly, if they are, you know, think about who your customers are and where their attention is placed. You know, well, these are all things that, these are not new concepts that you're sharing, but I think marketing teams, especially in B2B companies, seem to consistently forget that. Um, and they don't apply it as well. So I thought I thought this was a very, very interesting conversation here, Frederick. And I wish we had more time to actually talk about <laughs> some of those areas because there's a whole host of things there around, you know, how do you how do you create the right messaging um, for your brand? How do you support people, you know, when they're responding or, or forwarding, um, you know, your company's, you know, content or blogs or things like that through LinkedIn and others? Um, you know, th there are definitely things there, but I think what I took away from this session was a couple of things, which is, you know, instead of just advertising and pushing your products and services, people start evangelizing the topics or the themes in which you help people on, you know, evangelize the, 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 any new concepts or perspectives for which you believe very strongly in, and don't just close yourself off to the traditional kind of marketing approaches that maybe other companies are doing. Instead, think about other ways in which you can actually influence your buyers and not influence them in a, in a bad way or a sleazy way, but actually influence them so that you're part of the story uh, and part of the story in mediums for which they're actually placing their attention in. So I thought this was an incredibly, incredibly interesting session today. A um, couple of questions I just want to ask you, which yeah. I ask all my guests actually who, who join the show. So number one is, if there were three books that you would recommend people should read, or if there are three experts or influencers that you recommend people should follow, who would they be? Uh, you know, what would your recommend? What would your recommendations be? So the the first one I've got in mind is Simon Sinek because just for one reason, you have to work on your why. Everybody, as you are a company founder, you are employee, you are your freelancer works on your why because you, you you need to be very comfortable with the company you are working with your company you are developing and working on your why is always 
the first step. And if you want to become more influent and you want to, to share content, you, are, you have to be very comfortable on that, on, on that question. Works on your why, even you are company or you are people. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Um, and second one, um, and after I can give you books also, but the second one is to, um, to find people into your network, in your, in your topics. You, you, uh, about, about you, you just define things to your why, you know? Find people on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and start interacting with them. It's mm. really important. And uh, the, the, this is uh, my main advice. Be active. Be active. Don't be just passive and see a post on LinkedIn. No, comment this post. Uh, interact with people. You will be really happy to, to share your expertise, to share what you have in mind, and you will be um, um, also happy to, to receive feedback from other people. So it's really important. And so you can find a lot of experts uh, in, your, in your area, in your field, you know, really depending on your why. And if we want to speak about books, I've got several ones. Um, I've got books about brand and marketing that could be really great. The first one is Obsessed by Emily Ewald. She's really great and she explained how to, she, she, she works and, um, and create brands. She has great examples, uh, B2C or B2B examples. And really, it's, uh, it, it's really interesting. Uh, I've got also in my positioning, from uh, Alruiz and uh, Jack Trout. Uh, so this one is, uh, is, 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 is older, but is also a great, great book. I also recommend to have a look on books like Product-Led Growth by Wes Bush or Play Bigger uh, by Aaron and Dave Peterson. I'll show you how to, to create your own um, uh, segment. And uh, it's also really interesting because it offers you new uh, vision of what could be your acquisition channel. So uh, I always say, don't be focused and on what your competitors do. Find your way to be comfortable in your acquisition channel. It's not because, um, you know, I remember in communication area, few years ago when, um, when a social network uh, are booming, where we are booming, if you were not on Facebook, it was not good, no matter if you have no community on Facebook. <laughs> so uh, play bigger, uh, product left growth by West Bush could be really great, uh, great, great books. And if some of our uh, um, audience are uh, startups and company funders, I highly recommend another book. It's uh, The Great CEO Within but Matt, uh, Mosh, Mo, Moshari, Matt Moshari. He works with great company funders since uh, long years now and uh, he advised them. And in, in his book, his book is really a, a playbook for, uh, for CEO and for tech companies CEO. So it's a, it's a really nice book. Uh, Nice one to, to read. Yeah, there's some good recommendations there. Some of them I've heard of, some of them I haven't. The Great CEO Within. Uh, sorry, I haven't actually heard of that book. So I think that's one that I will um, I will add to my list. So that was some, some good recommendations there. 
Frederick, how can our viewers and listeners learn more about you and Foxy Nerds and, and get in contact with you? To be uh, to be in contact uh, with with us and with me, you can contact me on LinkedIn very easily, and um, and uh, we uh, or by uh, by by mail. Yeah, I think Moed, you you can share my my mail uh, with uh, with people with uh, with great yeah. pleasure. Uh, so it's very easy to uh, to enter into into contact with, with me. Uh, on our website, you also you could also ask more uh, about uh, what we are doing at uh, at Foxy Nerds for sure. And uh, we will launch um, with uh, with B two B influencers. Uh, a new podcast uh, in the next coming uh, in the next coming weeks to help people in their thought leadership way and journey and uh, and also to help corporate to develop their uh, the brand and to use and work with uh, with B2B influence. So um, keep in touch uh, on that point and it will be launched very very soon. With your permission I just want to add some words. You know I think uh, one year ago now, uh, uh, a very smart guy you, uh, you well know uh, told me something and I want to, to share it with, uh, with your audience. And it's, it says, uh, to know something and not to be known, it's just like not to know. And mm -hmm. I have to confess that the smart guy, Moed, is you. So <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> no, thank you for that. Yeah, and, and I believe it. I mean, I, I, I was, I was, uh, I had to learn that the hard way myself. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a very crowded world that we live in, right? So, so if, if it doesn't matter how much you know, if nobody knows about you, then it's as if you don't know anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, you, you've, you've created the right summary for this, <laughs> for this discussion <laughs> in this episode that I was going to share, but you've actually, you've actually done so more eloquently eloquently than I could have. Thank you, Frederick, for coming on the show. As I said, this was uh, really interesting. I learned a lot. And if anyone uh, watching or listening to the show, you know, if, if you are interested by any of the concepts uh, and the themes and the advice given uh, on the show, um, you know, do please get in contact with me and I can help you with some of that and connect you with the right individuals. If you are interested in how you can actually improve your sales, messaging, persuasion, you know, and if you want to learn about the science, particularly the neuroscience and the psychology behind, you know, what is it that makes buyers buy, you know, how and why do they make decisions, then do please contact me. Contact details are in the show notes again, and we can talk about some of our programs and help you and your business actually take that edge over your competition and achieve the capital gains that you would like to in your business. So until the next episode, thank you everyone. We'll see you shortly.